0: Hello, hello, friends, and welcome to the last episode of season one. Wow. This project has been scary and fun and everything in between, and I am so, so grateful for all the people who collaborated, participated, gave feedback, and especially everyone who took the time out of their days to listen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello and welcome to Enneagram-ish, where we talk honestly about the enneagram, growth, and the ugly, messy, wonderful art of living. My name is Valentine and I'll be your host. Today's episode is a behind-the-scenes look at what it took to get this thing off the ground and in the air for 16 whole episodes. Spoiler, it was a lot of hands and a lot of luck. I reflect on this process in a conversation with my dear friend Hannah that I hope you'll enjoy as much as I did. Thank you so much and until next time, friends. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Valentine. Nice to see your face. It's
1: nice to see your face, too.
0: Thank you for doing this. I'm really excited that this is going to be the last conversation.
1: Mm -hmm. It's very exciting.
0: Yeah. And for context, you and I met about over six years ago now Mm -hmm. in very strange circumstances. (laughs) But suffice it to say that we were roommates. In the West End of Toronto. Mm -hmm. And we actually haven't looked in the same place together ever since then. So yeah, this feels really fitting because when I had the idea for the podcast, you're the first person I called. (laughs) And I said, what if I started a podcast? And you said, what would it be about? And I told you and you said, well, would it be fun? And I said, yes. And then... (laughs) you said well then you should do it because I would listen to it and I was like okay maybe I will and so it feels just right that this is where the season ends
1: yeah it's super cool to to have this conversation with you I think partly because um I really loved watching you uh through the process of creating this podcast from start to finish it feels like such a a unique and and cool thing that you had an idea, you put it into action and you actually created um something out of it and as your friend and as a listener of the podcast it's been really amazing to be able to actually listen to the final product from idea to fruition. Um it's just really I found it really impressive and um yeah, I'm really proud of you for for having done it.
0: Thanks. Um yeah, and so I want to just hand over to you because you are also excellent at conversation and I would like to stop doing the work. <laughs> so go ahead.
1: <laughs> okay. Let's, let's switch roles for a minute. Um, so let's just start at the very beginning. Um, how did you decide you wanted to make a podcast?
0: Yeah. It came to me when I was driving and I don't remember where I was going or what I was doing, but I just had the thought. And all my thoughts that are big come to me in what ifs. And I was like, what if I started a podcast? But really, it was what if I started a podcast about the Enneagram? Because there was nothing else I would start a podcast about. <laughs> right? Um, And then immediately I started answering it. Like, what would the structure be? How would you want it to look? How many episodes? All that stuff. And so I very quickly had an idea, a skeleton of what it would look like. And then it's now the question is, do you want to do that? Right? Like, I'm do you want to do this very concrete thing? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I talked to you about it. I thought about it. I went to bed and I just, yeah, let it sort of sit in my head for a bit. And then I eventually decided that I did want to do it. And I set myself two parameters. So one was that I wasn't working on a deadline. So there wasn't a particular time when I had to do it because I really don't like pressure. And so, you know, I could work at my own pace. And then the other was that I was just committing to one season, right? And basically, if I wanted to do more than that, I could. But at this moment, when I was thinking about doing this big thing, it was just for one season. So that's sort of how the idea happened. And this was months ago. So it was in December of last year.
1: Yeah, it's super cool to me that you just sort of had this idea, like it just came to you and... Yeah, and then it it started to like build into something a little bit more concrete. So as you were thinking about sort of like, what if and, and how would it look? And then how would it work so that it could feel good for you to do it? What were you sort of hoping you might get out of of the process of making a podcast?
0: So I actually don't know if you know this about me, but I am really into the Enneagram. I think it's, I think it's great. (laughs) I think everybody knows that (laughs) right now. (laughs) So no, I think other than the fact that I've personally had an experience with it, like, I think it's really interesting. I think it has a lot of really cool truths and I think it's super cool to talk about. Right. And I think that at a certain point, I was getting the vibe from my friends that they were starting to get a little glossy eyed whenever I started talking about it. And like, that kind of didn't feel great because I was like, ah, oh, I don't want them to be like bored when I'm talking to them. But also it kind of made me feel like maybe I should stop liking this thing I liked so much because other people weren't into it. And so when I was deciding to do this, part of it was just like, I want to have a space where this is the purpose and people are coming into it with that purpose and they're interested. And that could be like a fun playground for me, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is like, as we get older, it's not sexy, but like, we actually do have to start to understand ourselves. Otherwise we end up hurting people Mm -hmm. inevitably. And so I just think this is a really great, one of the really great ways that you can do that. And when I thought about what I wanted in this podcast, I imagined a picture book. So, you know, when you're starting to read, you will have a picture book and it'll be like one whole page is a letter A. And then the next page is a picture of an apple. And then the next page is B. And then let's say boy, right? And so, when I think about this podcast, I wanted it to be like a picture book in that, like, here's an eight minute segment on a wing, super digestible, doesn't tell you everything, but it's like just enough to know if you're interested.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then, if you want to know what one four sounds like one four out of the millions of the fours here's an option right it's not saying that it's representative of all fours or anything like that but it's just a picture because at the end of the day if you want to know more about the system you have to go and do all that reading and all that research and stuff and you have to have a stake of some kind like maybe you're in crisis maybe you're just interested but like you have to have a reason to do all of that Mm -hmm. but why would you have a reason to engage with this massive system unless you knew a little bit about it. And so basically that's kind of the image in my mind that's been going on. I'm trying to just create something simple and pretty and easy to like digest.
1: Yeah, that's really neat. I, I have never heard you talk about that image of like a picture book before, but as you're describing that, I think that's really what you achieved in this podcast. Like it is like I came into it. The only thing I knew about the Enneagram was really what you had told me a little bit that like you know my dad was interested in it, and so I'd heard a little bit from him, but really, like the bulk of what I learned has been from you, and so I came into it really as like a as someone learning about what this was as I listened to your podcast, and I feel like I mean you and I have talked about this. The episodes that I really enjoy are those little like short eight minute you know info pieces because it is super digestible. You explain it in a way that's like, here is what it is. And here is an example. Here is a test case. And that I think is like exactly what you're describing with those picture books of like, here's what the thing is. Here's a picture of it. And then you, you know, and then you dive into it by like having an interview with somebody. Um, so yeah, I really, I think that's super cool that you had that image because I think that's what you, you ended up with. Yeah, so you you talked about not wanting this to be a process that felt like pressure for yourself that you sort of wanted to create a timeline that was doable. Um. So can you talk a little bit about just sort of the process you went through in terms of putting together and maintaining a schedule because you did have to, you know, produce episodes on on a regular basis so how did you manage that process yeah
0: so I think it can be divided into all the work that happened before the launch and then all the work to maintain it after that right so before the launch it was great it was just something I did in my room when I had time on my schedule it was really enjoyable it was kind of just like a toy I was tinkering with um But essentially, in that time, I needed to come up with a name, figure out who was going to design my logo, figure out what my music was going to be. And so those things I found people to help me with. Right. And then, of course, at the tail end, you helped me with uh, coming up with the idea for the Instagram look. Um, But in between those two things, there was this whole piece where I had to design all the content. Right. Like, what is every episode going to be? Especially the content episodes. Sure. It's only eight minutes, but that's like several hours of my day planning it out, scripting it, recording it, editing it. Right. And so there was a lot of, especially leading up to the launch, right? Because you need a a few episodes created already to give yourself some buffer time. And so it was managing the stuff that I could do by myself and the stuff that I needed other people for. So those were like the interviews, making sure that the intro sounded how I wanted to sound that kind of thing after the launch. Now that felt like a marathon. Okay. Because now I do have a deadline, right? Sure. It's self-imposed. I could decide to throw it out the window, but it's like weekly, it's gotta be a thing weekly. And half of it is completely dependent on other people volunteering their time for me. And so that part was laborious because it required several conversations with each person. You have the intro conversation to try to figure out their type if you don't know it. And then you have another conversation usually to come up with some questions that they feel comfortable with. And then usually a third conversation to actually do the interview. Um, yeah. And so in one way, it was like a very collaborative process in that people were really, really very much a part of it. Right. So everybody I interviewed had you know full creative control of the questions. I would come in with a list of, let's say, 15 questions that I thought were interesting about that type. And then they would like practice answering them and tell me like what felt interesting or good or they don't want to talk about that. And then we would whittle it down into questions. And uh, and I actually didn't know that, like one of my friends who's also a listener, I guess, believed that the people didn't have the questions. And so, yeah, to clear it up, it was completely collaborative. I did not come up to people and be like, tell me everything. <laughs> that was They completely consented to everything. Even when I was like, Are you sure you want to talk about this? Because you're really not anonymous right now. (laughs) But yeah. And so that part was very much just like pacing myself and figuring out the right amount to like push people when you needed a deadline and the times when you needed to just say, okay, this isn't going to happen. And that part was, was hard.
1: Yeah. I think it is really interesting to, to know about like the process that you went through with people because I think like interview shows can take all kinds of different shapes and to know that that process was so collaborative that um yeah you like really put in time with people and and they had such an involved part in the questions I think that's really interesting to know um and I don't know if that's like the normal process for, for an interview show like this, but I think it is, it's cool to have like the interviewee be a part of that, that process. Um, sort of going from there, I am really interested because I think you seem to have such a, a skill for really being an attentive listener while interviewing somebody and and thinking of thoughtful questions and being engaged in the conversation. Um, How did you sort of develop those interviewing skills? Do you feel like you had that before the podcast or is that something that sort of grew with the podcast?
0: So if you had asked me, I don't think I would have said that that's one of my skills. Um, A bunch of people have told me that and it's been very nice. Um, I think what, Works in this podcast that doesn't work sometimes in real life is two things. One that I'm just genuinely really nosy. And the better way to say it is that I'm curious. Okay. Let's say I'm curious. I'm very curious about people, like deeply, deeply curious about how people live their lives, because it's still so hard to wrap my head around the fact that every single thought, the quantity of thoughts and feelings that I have, other people have, and they're walking around. And you can't, you don't have access to it because it's inside of them unless they tell you. And so I'm like desperately curious to know how people live their lives. The other thing that works in my favor here that I am trying to accept about myself is that I'm extremely earnest. Like I want to be cool. I want to be edgy, but I'm just very, really earnest. And it's, <laughs> it's not my favorite thing about myself. But I think that when, when you're talking to somebody and somebody's asking you things that might feel heavy, It is helpful to know that the other person is curious and earnest. So I think, yeah, I think that helps. I also think that, like, I remember when I was doing my thesis and I was interviewing a bunch of people on really difficult things, like truly very difficult things, and I wasn't paying them and they weren't getting anything and they didn't know me, but I would ask them these things and they would be so generous in their answers. And I remember talking to my sister and I was like, why are they doing this? Like, it actually defies my understanding. Like, Why are they offering all of this? And I think my sister said, well, there's also something valuable about asking. Like, if somebody asks you your story and they're sitting there listening and engaged, that's also a powerful thing. And so perhaps it's that combination.
1: Yeah, I think that's really true. I think it's like... um... Yeah, to have like a, an engaged person listening to your story who who cares about it too. You know, that's like, that's quite a, an invitation to people. Yeah,
0: I like that you said it was an invitation. I like that because these interviews are a really special place actually. Um, because uh, I'm trying to think how I can describe this. So, okay, imagine a room, okay? And I'm the, the person who comes back to this room week after week. And every week, different people come into the room. Yeah. And so it's this interesting place because the only constant is me. And so I get to watch how each of these different people come into a room and engage with the room differently. At the same time, though, I can watch how similar things happen in the room. And that's really interesting because without fail, every time especially as we carried on later into the season when there was a little bit less. I would say that the first few interviews were people that I knew very well or that knew the Enneagram very well. So they were coming in with some sense of comfort one way or another. And as we moved on, it was a little bit less of both. And so I could see some more nervousness, let's say. But what I always saw was that no matter how visible It was also really interesting to see what nervousness looks like in different people. And so without fail, something would happen in that room where the tide would turn and they would be like, "Okay, I'm into this. Right. And there would be something kind of magical that would happen where even though we've practiced the questions, they will always say something that is like, oh, that's surprising. You didn't say that before right? And it's because of the sense of the room. And so it's this really cool space where I get to watch other people go through something and also watch myself. Like some of them I felt very nervous for. Why was I nervous? I don't know. I just knew that I was quite nervous. Um, Some of them I felt super present for. I listened to them back and I'm like, great question. That was excellent. You were really paying attention. Others, I'm like, my mood that day was a little off. And I knew it. And even though I can't hear it, I felt in that room that my mood was off. Right. Yeah. And so I, I just I just really like that you use the word invitation.
1: Yeah. So as you reflect sort of on this whole process, yeah. Is there anything that stands out as being a challenge or maybe a little bit difficult about um putting it together?
0: Yeah, I think I think there were parts of it that like logistically were tricky. Right managing your time and all of that. I think the biggest challenge was trying to remember constantly that this is something that I want to do, that this is not work, you know? Um, Because once you start to think of something as work, it sort of drains a lot of the, the little oomph that made you want to do it in the first place. And so even when things felt like, oh gosh, and I've got to do this and this and this and this, it was always trying to remember like, this is actually something I enjoy every single piece of it even the editing i enjoyed it i didn't enjoy it as much when i like took a break and had to go back and that anticipation wasn't great but in the process i did and so it's just sort of reminding myself that this was a choice that i've made that i do not regret and that i really get a lot
1: out of um yeah and that sort of ties in i guess to my next question which is like what about the process did you enjoy the most is there a particular aspect of building the podcast that you really enjoyed um that like sort of brought you the most fulfillment
0: that's actually harder than i thought it would be to answer because i think there were so many elements that i really did enjoy i think what i enjoyed most was the interviews because you can set it up and prepare but you still don't know what's going to happen and it's always such a nice surprise to see the outcome and i just think there's something so Wonderful about voices, like the audio of being able to hear somebody speak about themselves in their own words at the pace at which they speak, in the rhythm they speak, like fully complete. And then you get however many, six of those we've had, right? It's like it's so rich.
1: And I, I think that was my, my favorite part. Was there a part of the process? Um, that looking back was a surprise to you was something you weren't expecting. That was sort of a pleasant surprise. Um, that you were like, Oh, I didn't see this coming, but that was cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess I was constantly surprised by what people were willing to say on a recorded line, right? Like really, really, really surprised. Even people who say that they're not into feelings or not into sharing, they would just end up saying things and I'd be like wow that's very honest um and really vulnerable and and I really appreciate it the other thing that was kind of cool was like the feedback I received because it was such an interesting assessment of feedback in general like there is no objective good and no objective bad um like I've had friends who told me that the, the shorter episodes they weren't a big fan of right you say you really like it I have friends who really enjoyed the style of the six interview where it was kind of like a panel and I have other friends who really did not. And so it was kind of cool to like see all these different ideas about this thing that I made alongside other people. Yeah, it was it was kind of cool. It was a good lesson too. It's like everybody has different opinions and they're perfectly fine. But I'm curious what what was a moment that took you aback as you were listening?
1: I see, uh, the interviewer can't, uh, can't refrain. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think similarly to you, I was consistently surprised by just how open and vulnerable people were willing to be in the process. And I think those moments in the interviews, um, were often the moments that resonated the most, you know, that there is something about, People's willingness to like go there and to share that, um, and to share what those experiences meant in terms of their own learning about themselves that, yeah, that like feel most relatable and that offer the most as a, as a listener. And so I think that's something that, you know, both you and the people being interviewed did really well was as you talked about like creating that space creating that invitation for people creating something that was yeah like safe and had a little piece of magic to just like be really open yeah I was always a little bit surprised by that but but also really grateful that people were willing to do that because I think that's the gift of a of a show that is about understanding people better about people sharing their stories, whether it's about the Enneagram or something else. It's just sort of this insight into the way people are, as you say, like walking around, having feelings, living things, having these experiences that we don't know unless they share them with us. And in having them be shared, I think there's an experience For all of us, of feeling a little bit less alone in that, you know, like even in them sharing it with you and you holding that with them. But then also as a listener to be like, oh, wow, yeah, there are these people who I don't know who are having these human experiences that are relatable. It leaves you feeling like, oh, yeah, we're all just having this human experience and we're we're living it differently and we're maybe feeling it differently and we're reacting to it differently. but at the root of it, it's all just about us like muddling through and um and doing the best we can and then looking back later and hopefully learning from it, which I think is like what this podcast really creates like a platform to do is to be like, okay, well what can we learn about ourselves from from that?
0: A hundred percent. What's been, I think kind of the the underlying lesson is, especially for me, I think I have pretty Orthodox, traditional, I don't know, views of friendship. Like you put in the work and then over time you learn more about the person. But actually, here in this space, I was not very close friends with some of the people, right? But here they are talking about things that feel very personal. And so it's like, it's less about time spent and more about, yeah, safety, as you were saying, and about interest that seems like a good, that seems like a good lesson.
1: Yeah. And so interesting. I mean, you touched on this, but so interesting that you can create that sense of safety and comfort, even knowing that like this conversation is going beyond the two of us, right? Like even knowing that this is going to be shared, but there is something about I imagine about the process of having like gone through it together and having like touched face and made sure like, is this something that you are comfortable sharing, you know, that then sort of like gives people that permission to, to share and, and to be open. But I think it's so interesting that you can build that even in an environment where you're like, yeah, this meeting is being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's been very
0: impressive. Truly. Some of them, I feel like I was arguing like, no, 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 we can make you anonymous. I can change your voice. We can do all of this. And they're like, no, no, no. I think I have to do this. And I said, you really don't have to do this. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it was, yeah, it felt, yeah, I felt very inspired by it, I guess.
1: It makes me think a little bit about, um yeah, just about like what Brene Brown talks about in terms of like the power of of owning and sharing your story, that that is also it does something important for us too right to be able to to do that and to know when it is the right time and place to like be vulnerable and who to share that with but that like the act of of owning and sharing your story that sort of act of bravery like offers something to ourselves as well and so i think yeah it's like it's Need to think about it as like a gift that goes both ways. Like it's a gift to the audience, but hopefully it's also a gift to the person doing it as well.
0: Well, definitely, because I think that in the same way there is power in in speaking, there's also like a quiet wonder in witnessing, right? Seeing something impactful, whether it is art or somebody saying a story or something like that, there's something that happens to you that is super intangible, but that is so real that I think puts you in touch with like an essential truth about how we can see things in the world and how they can hit us. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you for creating this space where um, that was possible. Yeah, it's been beautiful to watch. It's been beautiful to listen to. Um, and I'm grateful to you, but I'm also grateful to, yeah, all the people that, um, agreed to participate and to share their stories and, um, to do that work. Cause yeah, as I said, it offered something to me as a listener as well. Um, so I'm really appreciative of that. Thanks, Hannah. This has been, this has been really fun. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate you doing that for me. Of course, of course. I have one last question for you, Valentine. Okay. Is there something in the last little while that you have been watching, reading, (laughs) listening to that you would recommend to your listeners? See, I listen. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah.
0: So I just finished reading a book that a very good friend gave to me called Big Friendship. And it's a book about two women who have basically committed to each other to walk alongside each other for their lives, right? To be in really committed friendship with each other. Um, And of course, the concept speaks to me, yeah, instantly. But in reading the book, they're very honest about some of the challenges they went through, and they also give good ways of thinking about what friendship is and what friendship should be. And I found the book very, very easy to digest, but also that it gave me really important and kind of difficult questions about what friendship means and and how it it can how it can fall apart. And so I, I really liked it, and and I highly recommend it. Great, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Enneagram-ish with me, Valentine. Our logo was designed by the fabulous Ayayakub, and our audio engineer is the phenomenal Frank Ogeto, who also created our theme song. If you're liking what you're hearing, please like and subscribe on your platform of choice and come hang out with us on our Instagram page at Enneagram underscore ish. If you've got the time, consider leaving us a comment on Apple Podcasts because feedback is queen. Thanks again.